0: Right. welcome back, Judd Buds, episode eight, I think, I never know anymore, I think it's eight though, um, yep, thanks for tuning in, um, let's just, let's just do it, let's just do it, so this one actually should be shorter, I'm just gonna say that every episode and it'll never happen, but this one should be because I'm gonna do it a little differently, Um, I only have a couple things I really want to talk about. I'm not going to do a full roundup and then I'm pretty much just going to answer questions and we'll get out of here. Uh, I'm tired and I don't feel good and I, and, uh, I call the shots. So that's what we're doing today. Um, Thanksgiving week, exciting. I don't even know why places make people work this week it's like a day and a half or depending where you work two and a half days and then you're out of there just give the fucking people a day off or the week off will you jesus christ um anyone got any good plans i'm not talking to anybody so i don't even know why i asked but uh let's just okay let's just start talking about hockey jesus Christ, shut up man um so if you follow along you know that i got to go see a lot of the guys in action, uh, in person again. So Thursday and Friday, I went to Boston College. Uh, And then Saturday, I went to UMass Lowell to watch some first of action versus Lowell. And then right after that, I zoomed on down to Northeastern for the Northeastern BU game. No wild kids in there, but Matthews Arena is sick. Anyone around Boston has a chance to go. Actually, any of those three arenas, Conti Forum, BC, um, the Songa Center for you, LOL. Center is sweet. It's like, it's really nice. It's a sweet place to watch a game. Um, and then Matthews Arena Northeastern, it's the oldest building and used for sports, and it's really cool. Um, so if you have a chance, I would go. Um, but yeah, so let's just talk about that real quick. Thursday, I'm at BC, and. I'm up hanging out pretty much actually definitely by myself in the press box. And the dude was just like, I didn't know if you wanted a spot or if you wanted to just like roam around, but you can just do whatever you want. So the seats are right next to the press box. And I kind of start meander because I like to watch from different places if I can, if it's possible, just to like look at get different views of the ice. And I make my way down a couple rows of some seats just because it's like a bench area. When i look 10 feet to my right or down i can't remember where i saw the first and who do i see ray shiro and matt Hendricks. i thought for a second matt Hendricks was judd Brackett, and i almost pissed myself a little bit i was like oh my god should i tell him that i have a podcast called judd's buds and then i realized it was matt Hendricks, and i was like oh, oh, jesus christ thank god um but no, I did. If anyone's wondering, I didn't go up and be like, "Hey, what's up?" I'm Spoked Z on Twitter, and I have a stupid wild account or a stupid wild prospect podcast that, you know, you guys should listen to if you need some insight into your own players. You know, I didn't do that. That would psychotic. Um, Hendricks probably just beat me up, but it was interesting watching how they were. I don't even. They were talking to some other dude too the whole time. And I have no idea who it was. I think Ray Shiro probably watched about. Collective nine minutes of the game. Other than that, him and the older dude were just hanging out, bullshit, and telling stories. Like Rayshir was maniacally laughing and like storytelling the entire time. And I think Matt Hendricks took about twelve pages of notes. Like he was just going. He was in the conversation but he was also paying attention. um So it was cool, though. I just did not know that they would be there. And Thursday, a Thursday night game, so there wasn't a ton of people there in the first place. So there was actually a lot of NHL people there. It was interesting. A lot of scouts. Don Sweeney from the Bruins was there. Um, but it's always funny. You got they all wear the same, all the scouts wear the same shit. All black, slick back hair, a cup of coffee, notebook. And they just kind of hang out. Um, they picked a pretty good game to go to though, with McBain getting a hat trick, and BC just beat the fucking wheels off main 6-2 in the first game. And then lost in the shootout the second game. But yeah, it was funny, saw Shiro. He just seems like a natural-born beauty, just a funny dude. And, uh, you know, Hendricks was just – he probably went through three pens and about six notebooks by the end of the second period. So, but, yeah, they picked a pretty good one, McBain with a hat trick. Uh, I think Nestor had an go ahead and assist on one of them. Um, but, yeah, that was interesting. So, moving on, let's talk about Io because we have to. Um, Matt Boldy's back. he's back. And he's playing with Marco Rossi, and they're playing with Kyle Rao on that top line, and it literally took him less than three minutes, Matt Boldy, uh, to get his first sick assist. Uh, he's behind the net. He's got someone coming to hit him. He has the puck on his backhand, goes quickly to his forehand, little baby sauce out front, and Rao smacks it home. Uh, Rossi also had the assist on that one. Then Rossi gets an assist on route second of the game. So Rossi finishes his game with three assists. He's buzzing around all night, dishing. There was uh, one, two, three, four, five different fights that game. Uh, Dewar got in a fight. Shaw got in a fight. Lazat got in a fight. Churchman. Cremarosa uh, got another misconduct. I don't even know what he did this time. I wasn't paying attention. Uh, and Matt Boldy said, geez, this, this kid shot is a joke. I mean, the first one was just an absolute bombs away 1-T on the power play. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's just by Rossi. Or maybe it was Laza, I can't remember. Um, and his second of the game comes. He just darts down the slot, receives a nice pass from Rossi, I think, again. Nice little baby sauce. And he uh, oh um, settles it, snipe. Just just a natural score i mean the kid can do just about everything um so he's back the ankle would appear to be healthier than mine um so he just shows up after not doing anything but he was like skating five days ago and now he's just ripping goals like thank you keep the change uh so they beat the absolute wheels off tucson five nothing that first one doer looks awesome obviously like i said uh, Rossi, Boldy, incredible. Uh, who else was looking good? hickets I mean, she's just, I don't know. He's just never going to not score, I guess. He looked great. Um, Addison gets called up to Minnesota. So he misses the second game. He looked good in the first game too. He was looking good on that power play. Um can look pretty good. I think he did assist in both games. No, just the first one. But, you know, now he's got a little bit lesser of a role now that Matt Boldy is back with Rossi and Rao. But that line of, I thought in the second game, they sucked in the first period, the whole team did. Uh, and then second and third, they were dominant. But Zane McIntyre, the old Bruins pick, uh, he kind of put Tucson on his back and just shut him out after Boldy got one. Uh, another clap bomb. <clears throat> but I thought second, third period, they're awesome. At the end of the game, they got the extra skater on. There's like 10 seconds left. Marco Rossi has a one timer. He hits the crossbar and puck bounces out. Forget who got it. But then they fire it over to Matt Bully. He rips one off McIntyre's face and it goes out. So they nearly do it again in the final seconds, just like Minnesota's here. apparently just going to keep doing. Um, but I thought the first period, the whole team, other than that second line of Beckman, Dewar, and Shaw, uh, they were great the whole game. But everyone else seemed like they took that first period off. Now, they also were without Mermus and Ottenbright for COVID protocol. Addison gets called up. They can only call – I think they can only get Summer B up from the ECHL. So they're going 5-D. Uh and they said Sucis was skating. I don't even think I saw them. So they might have also had, like, 11 or just, like, I mean, just been down a skater the whole game. Um, and, I mean, the first period it looked like it, and then it was all Iowa for the rest of the game, and they looked fantastic. But um, interesting second game, just given the fact that everyone was either dead or in Minnesota, just, like, not available. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, that's Iowa. Ten minutes in. What should we do next? I guess I should talk about the games I went to, huh? Um, So, like I said, Thursday – I'm all over the place. Uh, Thursday, BC, Maine. McBain hat trick. Um, He's just – I'm curious to see what happens. He's He's a senior this year. First line center for them. Leads them in points and goals, whatever. Um all three of his goals looked almost identical. They were just quick one touch from in tight from nice passes. Uh, he's just a finisher. Like that's just what he does. And one of the questions that I got like earlier in the week, I think it was Friday on my way to the game. Um, people were asking about his skating. That's one thing I wanted to go see because I know I, I knew it had been somewhat of like a concern for Jack McMain. And I don't in I like seeing it in person because skating can mean like skating issues can mean a whole list of things, right? Like, is he slow? Um, Does he have bad form? Does he struggle to keep up? Is it like a wind issue right left? Is that the problem? Can he not move laterally? I think if you're going to pick one thing that he, like you would say, is a downside of his skating, it would be the lateral movement. But the way he plays, it doesn't really matter. Um, He's not slow. Like, he's not the fastest player on the ice, but it's not like he's always behind the play. He more than keeps up. He's where he's supposed to be. Like, it's not a speed issue. Um, I mean, and the only reason I say, like, maybe the lateral movement's one area that you could be like, eh, it's not great. But at the same time, like, it's not very often he even needs to. Like, it's just not the way he plays. Like, he hammers guys along the wall. He battles. He's super skilled. He could uh, He's one of those players you, like, stick him in a phone booth or whatever. Um, and he's very deceptive with the puck, too. Like, he'll send guys flying one way and then just skate out with the puck the other way. Um, and then he's just a menace in front of the net. And I'll tell you, that dude loves to finish hits. There have been a few times he's actually kind of, like, taken himself out of the play a little bit. Like, I think it actually happened against Maine in the second period. He went to go finish a hit uh, on a defenseman who was, like, either just exiting the zone or, like, clearing the zone or, like, hitting a first pass. And, like, Maine went down and scored. But, like, the kid hit the pass, saw McBain coming, and he was like, oh, he's really going to hit me. And, I mean, it was probably three seconds after. And, I mean, he deleted him. Like, absolutely deleted. It was hilarious. But, like, also, probably shouldn't have made that it. Um, but, like, whatever. It's college hockey. They're going to do that every time. So it doesn't really matter. Um, but, I mean, so the thing with him, right? Like, right, he's huge. I think he's, like, six three, six four, two 6'4", 2-something. Um, I mean, he is a man amongst boys in a lot of games and he is like like you just can't get the puck off him and in front of the net like he's just he is tenacious so he's a finisher right like he's not like a natural playmaker he does have some sneaky like sick vision like there have been a few times he and Nestoranko have really started to look Nestor is a left shot plays on the right side of him they've started to look really good together and, like, you'll see they'll go back and forth between the two up the ice, and then, like, McBain will every once in a while, like, slip a really nice saucer pass backdoor. Um, but, I mean, just the way McBain plays, it's, the skating isn't really the problem, right? Like, if you're going to say the reason he won't make it is because, like, how dynamic is your scoring? Like, are you really scoring in a bunch of ways? But at the same time, he is just, like, a finisher. So I think any team would like to have a kid that's six three, six four. He can move. He's not slow. The de- I'd say his skating's fine. Uh, he plays hard, and he knows how to put the puck in the back of the net. I think a lot of teams would want that guy. So I don't see it as, like, something that's going to ever hold him back from playing games. It's just, is he going to really be able to separate himself uh, from other dynamic scores? And as a center, if you're, like, your natural... If the biggest part of your game isn't playmaking, then you really have to be a good finisher and you really have to score. So we'll see. I think you'll, I think you'll see him in Iowa next season. Especially there should be a good amount of turnover. Um, but he's an interesting one to watch. Maybe that should have been the guy I said last week. Someone like sneaky player that could be on the Wild in three years or whatever. I wouldn't be shocked if Mc, if McBain was one of those. Um, now another player that like. Now all three times that I've gone to watch I'm like, holy shit. Is uh, Nestor Anko. He is sick. So he's playing on the right, that top line. He's playing on the right side of McBain. And I mean, he's the playmaker on that line. So they play with um, Brandon Cruz, a Vegas pick as well. Uh, but I mean, the puck is on Nestor Anko's tape almost the entire time that they're on the ice in the offensive zone. And I mean, he's just, so patient. He's got some crazy vision. I tweeted a video of one of the passes he made. The puck came to him along the wall and he had like a one-time snap, slash, slap pass across the ice to cruise. But I mean it split like three guys and he went to go give McBain a tap in. Um but McBain had his stick lifted. And that was on Friday, the game they lost in the shootout. So I didn't know hockey east did that which is cool. Still counts as a tie, I think, but I think it just counts like the shootout goes for like divisional points. Maybe. I don't know. Who cares? Um, but he's sick. Nestor Anko, he's a fun player to watch and he is very confident. He is not worried about getting benched for hanging onto the puck. That's for sure. He loves to have the puck on his, on his tape. And something that I'll be interested to keep watching for next season is you look at BC now and their top two centers, uh, Jack McBain's a senior, Mark McLaughlin's a senior. When you watch Nikita Nestorenko, you can tell. like You can see he's a natural playmaker. He's a natural center. And, he is. and he's a left shot play on the right side right now. But, I mean, the way that line works is he's got the puck almost the whole time. McBain pretty much just like is like a power center, just running guys over, winning the puck along the wall, getting into the point, getting to the front of the net. Every once in a while, dancing someone. Or like along the wall or whatever, but Nestoranko will have it, and he's moving around <clears throat> with the puck. Um, but he wants it like all the time. All he always wants the puck. In the second game, he actually didn't have. He didn't get credited with a shot, which I thought was. I don't. Maybe he didn't. But I mean, he was by far the most noticeable player for BC, or at least one of them. Him, Kuntar, the Bruins pick, McLaughlin was really good. I think McBain was okay, but um, Nestor Anko was unbelievable, and he almost set up a game-winner. The overtime period was sick. Uh, at one point, I think Nestor Anko was out there for like a minute and 45 seconds straight, and he probably had the puck for a minute. Um, but he's a very fun player to watch. He's a slippery little bastard. Um, so he's another one to keep your eye on. But I think next season you'll probably see him slot in at center when – McLaughlin and McBain are gone, and that could be interesting. That could be a lot of fun. Um, but, yeah, he's, he looked good. He looked great, actually. And then in that first game, Marshall Warren played. The second game, he didn't play. Just, that, But that's not anything crazy. They're just getting some of the other guys' minutes against a shit main team on a back-to-back. Uh, he looked amazing. Again, he didn't get credited with, like, anything. But I know I watched him block, like, two shots. I know I watched him shoot on net like three or four different times but a lot of the like that day or that game i thought him and saint ivany were the best pair of the night um he looked great he's not really getting any power play love but a lot of time with the pk because i couldn't say out of the box um and he was just really good he was keeping guys wide good stick to poke pucks out um, a couple of really smart heads up passes as Maine's making a change. He picks his head up to go retrieve it. And instead of taking his time, he sees it's just usually Nestoranko. Um, But he would just rip a pass up the ice and create scoring chances that way. So he looks great. So again, I thought Shiro and uh, what's his face Hendricks picked a pretty, pretty good BC game to go to. Um, now, Let's talk about UMass Lowell versus UConn. I think the exact words I used were: first off, is dot 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 fun. Uh, couldn't care less about defense. Like he just doesn't look like he could be bothered to try doing it. Uh, he's. I'll 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 be blunt. He looks terrible. <laughs> Overall, I mean, UConn sucked that game. Other than like Johnny Evans, he looked pretty good. Um, he, did, he had a bad game and then that kind of got him scratched but I mean they got their asses whooped 3 nothing. LA Kings prospects Ben Meehan and Eric Andre were unbelievable for Lowell I think Andre scored twice Meehan had like 8 shots on net and 3 blocks he's a defenseman they looked really good and UConn just kind of got their asses whooped um, but yeah for but so the thing with him is what was he a second round pick I believe uh, you can see it. So he has first round talent. He's got all the tools. He's got good size. He's a decent skater at least. Super skilled. Um, and he's got a he's got a shot. Like you, you love watching him shoot the puck, and he scores goals. Uh, he didn't get a single shot on net this game, um, but you could see it every once in a while. Whether it's he's receiving a pass under pressure, and he like the way that he collects the puck. It's just different. Right? Like, there's those guys that go in the first round that it's almost like when they receive a pass, you're kind of sitting there like, yeah, no, the puck belongs on his stick. That's where the puck should be. And it just does with him. And there are a couple of times that he was taking... There were a few times where I was like, why are you even passing the puck right there? Like, he was getting pucks out at the the offensive blue line with two guys draped over him, and he would still come away with it. Like, no problem. Like, he wasn't even looking. Um, But... You know, you kind of wonder if it's like an engagement thing or a compete thing on a nightly basis. Cause every once in a while, he would look like he was gonna do something and he looked into it. Like there was a really bad penalty and he was pissed. He was going over there, bet or their uh, box chirping at the kid. But then just other times, he just looks like he's a passenger. So I would say I picked a bad game to go to and I hope he'll be back around here soon because i want to go see him again i'm not gonna like pass up because again this is pretty much what i've seen on video when he's not scoring so that's the problem too right like when you're not scoring what are you doing for me like what are you doing to impact the game if you're not scoring and the games that i've watched where he's not scored like there have been a few that you just taking dumb penalties or he's just there like you just the only reason you know he's out there is because you're looking for him like he doesn't do anything that like pops but again He's got good size. He's a decent skater. His, He's got those NHL caliber or projectable tools offensively. Um, I just wonder where his mind goes sometimes. Because, I mean, he's on the periphery. He's, like, looking. It's almost like he's just waiting for the puck to come out and, like, squirt loose into the, uh, the neutral zone for him to pick up and then go down and score. Um, but, again, I'm not going to judge the kid on that one game I go to to see him in person um but like i said though it's kind of like what i've noticed watching him what are you doing if you're not scoring sometimes it's a whole lot of nothing which is why that a kid like that doesn't go in the first round Um, but we'll see he's still young so those are the games i went to Um, let's just go right into questions The NHL season is underway, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deft deflection, however they light the lamp, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, don't worry about it. DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TH. PN throw down one dollar on any NHL game and win a hundred in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit, and $1 wager required. One per customer, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. I don't even have them. Oh, yes, I do. Okay, that's my phone. All right. Let's find them. Okay. My guys at mnw prospects wild prospects and young players if you follow me you probably follow them uh, they always have every update like immediately so follow them if you don't um, having seen both live who impressed you more first off or Nestor Anko? what did you like and dislike about each player's game well I guess I kind of just touched on it but by far Nestor Anko. like it's not even close um, what I like about Nestor Engels game, like I said, like I love watching him and seeing that even though he's a left shot playing the right side right now, he's a young kid, I think he's a sophomore. think he's a junior, I don't know. Um, but you can see that he's got the vision of a center. He's a natural center and he's a like a damn good playmaker. Like very good. And it's like I said before, he's the one that's doing a lot of the work in the offensive zone in terms of creating those chances. McBain does a lot of the dirty work. So it kind of just works out well between those two. Um, But I love his playmaking and I love his vision. His passing is so good. The shot's okay, but that's not really why you want him on the ice, anyways. Like he's going to be racking up assists. um, But he's a really fun player to watch. He's like, he's bigger and smaller than I thought. Like he's tall, like he's like six one, six two, and I was like, oh, I thought you were like five ten for some reason. But he looks like a beanpole. He looks like he's like one fifty, but yeah, I guess he's like one seventy five, one eighty. So it's not even that crazy. But the one area I didn't like, or that he needs to work on, I guess, would be that strength, especially in the defensive zone. I think sometimes too, his mind kind of wanders. He's another kid that, you know, he's a lot of offense and less defense, but he's not like defensively inept or anything like that but sometimes you'll just catch him gliding around straight legs um so i guess that would be the one thing because he does actually compete or like he'll he's not afraid to go engage in battles along the walls but a lot of that comes in the offensive zone and not so much the defensive zone and sometimes just out of laziness he'll take a dumb stick penalty um But he's a young kid, and you'll take that all day given how good he is with the puck on his stick. Like, he's a. He is very good. I. He's really the reason I want to go keep watching those BC games. He's very fun. Like, a very fun player to watch. Like, again, he's got the puck most of the time he's on the ice. It's on his stick in all three zones. So, first off, like I said, he. The good stuff. The good part of his game is, I mean, he's a scorer. He's a sniper. He's got a great shot when he uses it, or when he puts himself in position to use it. Um, and he's got really good hands. Again, he's an oak. He's a fine. His skating is not great. It's not bad. It's good enough. It's not going to hold him back or anything like that. Um, but I mean, offensively, he's really good. Again, like I say, he's got the tools right. He's got NHL projectable tools, uh, size, shot, skill. High hockey, hockey IQ in the offensive zone. Um, but then, like I said before, you ask, what do I dislike? Uh, just about everything else, uh, specifically in the defensive zone. It's just, it doesn't look interested. I wonder, I I, I I think I've said this before. I don't really like to question or say that a guy's compete slow. I've never met these fucking kids, dude. Like, I have no idea. Um, sometimes a kid's just fighting it and whatever like i have no idea if he's naturally like competitive but if i was going to question it it would be after games like this where um you know like i said it's if you're not scoring what are you doing if it's nothing then that's not great you're not that's not going to get you the nhl so i mean i, I would have liked to at least see him try a little bit more but like Nestor Enko too he's not afraid to engage in the board like he throws his weight around too like I said he's got a big he's got a good frame and he knows how to use it. Um, it's just are you using it all the time or just sometimes And again, if you're not scoring, what are you doing? How are you impacting the game and specifically in this game it was literally nothing and he got himself scratched. So moving on next question let's see. What is a good reason for people not to get too hyped and start asking for Boldy to be called up after his first few games pack? And that's from uh, Cooch. Uh, Shit. I just scrolled away from it. I forget what his actual at is. At Skull underscore Vikes. Yeah, Cooch Williams. The guy Cooch. Um, So what's a good reason for people not to get too hyped? Well, it's been two games. First of all, uh, second of all, like Beckman, like Doer, if they're going up there, not even Doer, but like, like Beckman and Rossi, people need to just don't even ask Rossi. Don't even ask for Rossi. He's not going to, or I don't know, maybe he will, but he shouldn't. I'm sure they want him to get the full season of the AHL. Uh, for right now, let him keep playing. Let Matt Boldy keep playing and continue to gain confidence in the AHL. Um no reason the Russian now, they're fine. Uh I mean I, th- I think St. Louis has probably just finished their walloping of Vegas. So I think now they're in first place, maybe, but um let them continue to play pro- a normal pro hockey year in AHL with Iowa. And specifically, I'll tell you what, it's been, I mean, they played preseason together, so I guess it kind of started there. Um, <clears throat> but it's been wild. Huh, didn't mean me to do that. Uh, to see how quickly he and Rossi have kind of created some chemistry. Like, they look unbelievable together. Like, they are just playing past, playing take o- or keep away from the other. Like, and they are both defensively solid. So, they just really, they work really well in tandem already. Like, way better than I thought this early. Like, uh, it it made too much sense for them to, like, ever not gel together. But, like, these first two games have been unbelievable. Even on stuff, um, like, breaking out of the zone. There was one play where, I forget which defensive it was, but they send a puck up the wall. And you can see Rossi is in the middle of the ice behind Boldy. Boldy's on the wall. And you can see Rossi just bark something out and continue skating up and Matt Boldy staples himself to the wall and just one touch pass through the legs off his skate, I think, or no, it was with with a backhand for a breakout to Rossi. Uh, Rossi and Rao go the other way and get a scoring chance. Um, But stuff like that, they've just gelled so well together already. I'd like to see them continue to play together so that when they are playing together in the NHL, they've been doing it uh, for a while and they can just cook. So um, I guess that would be how I would answer your question Mr. Cooch Um, that being said though Matt Boldy is probably the closest to being like ready ready Uh, again he's just it's been two games but I mean he was flirting with making the team out of camp right so it's not crazy to want to bring him up but I mean again it's been two games let him and Rossi cook these motherfuckers in the A and then eventually the NHL uh, Cooch also asks, is Fiala still on the team after the trade deadline? Hmm. I see everyone, uh, has been reading those Russo tweets and then listen to the 32 thoughts podcast with Merrick and Friedman. Um, I do, th- I, and it sucks. I do think this is most likely Fiala's last season in Minnesota. Um, really sucks because he's awesome. And he's really kind of found himself since leaving Nashville and coming to Minnesota. Um, but it's just the money thing, right? With those buyout cap hits coming, he's going to get paid. He's a damn good player. And there's plenty of teams that are going to want him, but guys like him and Greenway who are restricted free agents who are ready to like, they're both ready to make some serious dough. There's just no, <laughs> there is no dough for them to have to be given to them. So that's why you see guys like Rem Pick that get claimed. Um, you know, you let the young kids come up on those ELCs or on lesser deals because they're ready to go. But this is probably his last season in Minnesota, just as a cap thing, uh, unless they get really creative. Um, but I don't think it'll be before or at the deadline. Um, just because what are you getting back? Like with a Fiala trade, you're not he's I think this is I think Friedman said it today. Like, if you're trading Kevin Fiala in the middle of the season, it's to get better now. Right? Like there's no point to losing one of your best offensive weapons. I mean, yeah, he's been struggling lately and flirting it a bit, but I mean, we we all know what happens when he gets hot. And we know what how good he can be. It is usually. Um, but you're not trading him and taking a player back who is making more or is under contract for a while. Um, so unless it's like some kind of rental deal, which feels kind of crazy, you're probably looking at futures. So draft picks, next two drafts are going to be very good, by the way. Um, and maybe more prospects. So to me, that's a summer deal. Um yeah you could get more for him now but if you, i don't really know what it is that you're getting for him if you're going to trade him now like do you is this like a part of like a hurdle deal or jt miller something like that maybe i don't know um but just the way they have to approach trading kevin fiala it just feels like a picks and prospects or picks and futures um which is more likely to be in the summer because you're not going to get those pick some prospects now when they i mean—they literally can't help you this season win a Stanley Cup. So I think that will happen probably in the summer before the draft. Greenway, on the other hand, I could see that happening um, at or before the deadline because right now if you lose Greenway, then there you go. You bring up Matt Boldy or Beckman or whoever, um, those guys that are ready and not making 2-1, getting ready to make at least, whatever, three, three and a half. Um, but those guys are, are ready and ready to rock. So that's okay if you get the, the picks and prospects for Greenway right now. <clears throat> Moving on. Oh, God. I don't know how. At Puck Ova Glass. And the name is... Kerevin, Fialazov. I get it. Uh, Better wild pipeline, BC or WHL? Uh, Well, I mean, WHL. Um, And, I mean, first of all, you got three guys on BC, and you got six, five or six in WHL. WHL, you got Lambos, Masters, Hunt, Bankier, uh, Pillar, Novak. So, I mean, even if you want to go player for player, you know, you look at the defenseman, you got Kyle Masters, very good player. Uh, Carson Lambo's elite. Damon Hunt looks ridiculous. So you'll take all those guys over a Marshall Warren. I love Marshall Warren. Um, but, I mean, ceiling, you'll take the WHL guys. And then, you know. Vlad Fierce, or no, sorry, Jesus. Uh, Pavel Novak for forwards, Pillar, Bank here. Yeah, I mean, I think, again, you look at the ceiling of all those guys and you're probably taking the WHL guys. But the pretty pretty good problem to have that you got a couple studs on BC and your other prospects just happen to be better. Um, Nikita Nestorenko could, could make some noise, though. You never know. Next question. James Seidel. Sorry if I said it wrong. At J Seidel. Sorry if I said it wrong. Uh one, six, two, three. Is Josh Pillar or Pillar? Still don't know. Helping drive the scoring, or is he more of a passenger on his line with Stank open? So maybe you listened and you've heard me talk about that with Bank here. So it's different with Pillar. First of all, no. Um I mean, does he get a lot of his points? In playing with Stankoven. Yeah, but Stankoven's also one of the best centers and players in the WHL. So, anyone that's on that line, I mean, a lot of your points are going to come with playing with Stankoven and he's going to be driving a lot of that play. But Pillar does a lot of the work himself, too. Like the puck's on his stick a lot and he's also making chances for himself. Sometimes it's from going and hammering somebody on the forecheck, winning the puck, and either skating out front and getting a shot or feeding Stankoven. Um, but he does a lot of the heavy lifting there too. Like a lot of times he doesn't do it as well as Stankoven because Stankoven's footwork is ridiculous for a kid his size. Um, the, how much power he gets with his strides is ridiculous, but, uh, pillar a lot of times is just walking the zone with the puck, like going for laps and then just unleashing bombs. So I would say he does a lot of the heavy lifting on his own. Um, but, yeah, sure, are a lot of his goals assisted by Logan Stanko? And, yeah, but he's a natural – he's not a center. Like, I always was hard on Bankier about it because Bankier's a natural center and I wanted to see him play center, which he's doing now. Um, and a lot of the times you'd find Bankier on the periphery or just, like, kind of hanging out and getting a tap-in. Or, like, Pillar and Stanko are just mucking people up in their own zone going up the ice and then Bankier gets like a rebound whatever. So that's why I was harder on Bankier because he's a natural center so I want to see him do the playmaking. But I mean Stankoven's always going to drive 90% of the play that he of that line. Whatever line he's on, he's it's going to be a majority of the time it's him driving play and you don't really need your winger to especially when your center is Logan Stankoven, but Pillar does a lot of the work himself too. So I would say he's more than earned all of his points. Like he doesn't just get free gimme points. Um, and then Hideki, who everyone knows, replied to that and said, or Caden Bankier for that matter. And like I said, Caden Bankier was getting a lot of his cookies from either just like tap into the power play or he just happened to be the right spot right time after Pillar slash uh, and Stankov and like just go to work for like a minute and a half in of the offensive zone. Now Bankier has been playing center struggling through it but that's like i said last week that's fine let him let him figure it out if he's a natural center and the hallmark of his game is playmaking i want to see him drive a line now i just finished re-watching their one game from this week um he was fine he didn't do anything It wasn't bad or anything but i just i need to see the puck on his stick more especially now that he's playing center on that second line like i just don't see it enough um and sometimes he's drifting out wide so maybe he is like a natural winger i don't know if you're gonna score it doesn't matter i mean his line he was plus two with like a shot or two on net um again he was fine and he actually did pretty well at the face off i think he went 11 for 21 this weekend um so it like brings him up from like 30 percent. but for me just watching him play the puck's is not on a stick enough um he's like pillar He's the, the right winger on that first line. And he has the puck more than Bankier does as a second-line center. Now, the kid's young, so this shouldn't – everyone should be like, "Dad, ah, see, the kid sucks. He's young, and he's playing center again for the first time in a while. Let the kid let – let him figure it out. He's got plenty of time. You don't need him to come up now. You don't need him to figure it out right now. So he, he's on a really good team. Most nights, he looks really good. Um, and now he's just getting back into playing center again. So it's fine. Um but, yeah, I wasn't super jazzed about this past game, but he's trying. So he did draw one penalty up. Fucking murdered. This dude that's apparently 6'8 just absolutely killed him along the wall with a hit from behind. There's was bad. Popped right up, though, and they scored like five seconds of the power play. So, Whew. okay, next question from Austin Keller. Sorry if I said it wrong. At loco underscore enchilada. It's a pretty good one. Uh if Boldy gets called up this season, what line would you like him to be on? Sliding with Ekin and Felino, maybe? Well, I mean, if so I could see that. I mean, that doesn't, it's not crazy. Like, especially if let's say Jordan Greenway gets traded and now there's a roster spot open and Matt Boldy, you want up. Easy transition. Um could be interesting. He could be pretty solid option on that line it's three guys that are very good defensively so shut down line that can score yeah sure that could work you know what i would kind of be interested in i don't even know if it would really work all that well um but it intrigues me is like a fiala goudreau boldy line that could be fun uh you just got goudreau out there being silky and just chucking sauce all over the place fiala buzzing around doing laps and then eventually just like doing all the playmaking probably and just feeding boldy for one-timers or boldy just doing his thing yeah that could be fun maybe put hartman there i don't know instead of good um i think the bottom line is i'll take him anywhere unless it's the fourth line like getting Duhamel and Ren pitlick minutes right like we don't there's no point if you're gonna call someone up to do that just call Doer up because um, you don't really, you're not calling up Doer to be like, we need you to score. If you want, if you calling Boldy up, it's like, yeah, because he can score and he's ready to go. So I would just any any realistically, like the, this is such a weird hockey team with their line combinations. Um, it feels like most of the playmaking is done on the wings. But I don't know. Um, but either way, if you're going to call him up, first of all, he's going to be playing more than ten minutes or twelve minutes. And he's got to be utilized offensively with the idea that you're putting him in a position to succeed via scoring. So I don't care who he plays with, um, as long as it's you know in an offensive role. So again, I think Fiala, Goudreau, or Hartman, and then Boldy could be fascinating and possibly very funny. I don't know, um, but I mean a natural transition. Yeah, that that line of like a Boldy felino I could see that working, too. And then, I think I just got one. I did. Uh, is there any way acquiring an LTIR contract could help us manage the upcoming cap crunch? I almost understand how it works. Um, Not really. I mean... I guess because you are going to be right up against the cap pretty much so like for people that always ask about ltir the only time using ltir makes sense is if you literally don't have cap space and you have to use it like that's the only way um like you can't like there's no point to have if you have like five million in space and you want to add someone then like ltir that's making seven million so you can go $2 over the cap. I don't even think you can do that, first of all. Maybe you can, I don't know. Uh, But there's no point in doing that. Um, So, I mean, sure. But, I mean, if you don't have to, I wouldn't. But, sure, let's see. What is the cap? Let's see what they got for next year. I can't remember how much they have. Dun, 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 live podcasting. Alright. So they're slotted to have 15 and a half million. That's not a lot. And you gotta do. So Fiala's up, Rask is up, Greenway's up, Pitlick's up, Bugstad's up, Sturm's up, Golagossi's up, Ben's up, Merrill's up, Kakanin's up. Any I mean even guys, then you go like you look at guys in the AHL and yeah, none of these guys are going to need like one ways or anything yeah so I mean you don't really have a ton of space so I guess sure like if, if you wanted to do that then you could I guess depending on who it is that you're going to go get but I, I don't know sure let's just say yeah fuck it go Kucherov who cares trade for Kucherov that'll do it there you go um is that it that might be it folks 46 minutes yeah, that's even still too long for this considering i cut it down dramatically let's see did i get any more did i i feel like i'm missing one nope i think that's it all right so if you're upset that there's no roundup or anything sorry or if you enjoyed me talking for three hours straight sorry um i need to go to bed um and hopefully wake up in the morning because i feel like shit so if i don't wake up and this is the last thing i did worth it all right next week we'll be back with a full episode i promise see you later